everyone, and welcome to another episode of Zing This. And you've got me, Zinger, and Ellie is stuck without a hyperdrive somewhere else in the galaxy right now. So it's just um, me today. So I guess my topic's gonna be... You know what? I'm gonna revisit the Tommy Westfall theory, because that was exciting. And with that, let's get started with... Uh, wait. What? To- Can you hear me? Toby? Toby, what yeah. are you doing on my computer all of a sudden? Well, I, I've got my list of five. I'm ready for round two of the Nerd Off. Oh, and wh- hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Ellie's not here. Well, what? So we, so we don't have a judge. And I mean, I might have already, I might not have picked all mine yet, but um, I, she's not here, man, so we, we can't do it. I mean, you, oh. you hacked into my stuff, so I guess since you're here... Well, I just, I mean, I was ready to go, and, uh, like, I don't know, uh, you like Red Hood? I can talk about Red Hood. Alright, so, welcome back, everyone. I have Toby with me from the Secret Transmission Podcast, and we're going to be discussing the animated movie... Batman under the Red Hood, as well as the character of Red Hood, because we both think he's a very interesting character. Right on. So, Toby, if you want to introduce yourself to my listeners, I mean, you've been on a few times, but might have some new listeners, so why not? Well, my name is Toby, and I'm part of the podcast, and we talk about spooky stuff, and conspiracies, and ghosts, and spooky stuff. But you're also a huge nerd. Ah, uh, I am. I am a huge nerd. I collect everything from comics to toys to video games. I'm a nerd. Yes, as we all are. But I've brought you on today, or you've hacked in today, to to, to, to discuss the, the Batman animated movie. And I, I just want to say this. I kind of enjoy this because I feel like this is almost a spiritual successor at some points to the animated series from the 90s. You know, I I love all the DC animations, uh, mm-hmm. like especially all the Batman ones, because they they have just a a very small hint of that that old animation style from the uh, uh, the old DC cartoons, and it does it. You can you can kind of feel like, oh, okay, this is years later after after the animated series. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a, a several of those that are. That kind of have that feel, and I love that. Well, I know the most recent one they came out with, the Harley Batman and Harley Quinn, is actually supposed to be kind of definitely right within that. But this one, I just felt when they did the scene establishing and all those shots like that, it was very reminiscent of that. So that that was really cool for me. I I've also I know when I normally talk about movies, I don't do the voice cast. This actually had a very interesting voice cast. In my opinion, Neil Patrick Harris did the voice of Nightwing slash Dick Grayson. Which I thought right. was very cool. Um, if you're a fan of Supernatural, Dean was the the guy who plays Dean was actually the voice of Red Hood slash Jason Todd. And uh, if you're a fan of Futurama, Joe DiMaggio, voice of Bender, did the Joker. You know, and I I love I love Futurama, mm-hmm. but I I wasn't. I, it's been a long time since I've watched this movie, so yeah. it was nice going back and watching it again. And the first scene with Joker in it, you're like, oh, man, it's it's not Mark Hamill. It, and that's that's always the first letdown. But his first laugh, I was like, okay, I'm in it again. That's a, that's fine. 
Mark Hamill has done such an amazing job with that character that it's really hard to to do anything else with that. And I think that other people have done a great job with it. And I really enjoyed this version of it because I feel like he did a he made it his own and he was more chaos evil than just straight up evil, I felt at times. Like I mean I said, the Joker for me. Sold as soon as he laughed and I was like, okay, that's fine. I'm in it. Let's go. Just to give the basic premise of this, and this is supposed to follow... I Unfortunately, I have not read the comic Under the Red Hood, though I do have some notes on it and some stuff for a discussion that will come up later. This is supposed to follow it pretty closely, and it basically tells kind of the tail end of Death of the Family, where Jason Todd is murdered by the Joker, which was a fan vote, by the way, so technically fans did this, and he... Murdered him. Yeah. You murdered him. <laughs> you did it. So he's killed. And this is kind of hailed as Batman's greatest failure for the longest time. And he stayed dead in the comics for around 15 years or so. Yeah, I know. Long time. And um, I think they did a great job with, with it in the comics bringing him back, which I'll get into after we're done discussing this. But in this. Ra's al Ghul, or Ra's al Ghul, I'll pronounce it probably either way throughout this thing. Me too. I, I like the way the movie presented it. They kind of self-contained it the entire time to where it wasn't something that, you know, they, they if you're familiar with comics, they did enough explaining to where, like, it didn't feel like it was overkill for you as a fan, but for new people or someone who might not be familiar, it did a good enough job of kind of touching each of the bases to get you familiar with who these characters are. Yeah, the they, they they do a really good job. Uh, if you're first time, if you don't know how many Robins there are, because you know not the average person that just casually watches Rob uh, Batman, they know there's a Robin. They don't know how many Robins there's been. Mm-hmm. You know, so they do a very good job of of explaining like when Dick pops up. Uh, <laughs> I made a bad joke. Yeah, didn't mean terrible to. joke. Um, but when he, when he's around, they they make a uh, some they say something about oh that's the, I know, I, the is- it, it, it was the henchman they're, they're like who's the pretty boy in the leotard and then the other henchman who I'm assuming name is exposition henchman it explains <laughs> that he's the oh he's the original Robin the first one the boy wonder yeah they do an excellent job of explaining every little bit of. It. Which I thought was great because I mean that's that's something to where I mean I'm familiar with it, but it was a nice little thing to where it's it's also establishing that a lot of the villains even or a lot of the people in the world like actually know that that was the transition too. So I, I like that. Um, Batman. It also sets up a great scene with Batman him fighting the Osimo, Osimo robot, yeah. and that's 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 a great robot because I mean it's something to where they can go all out on it, and it's not something that I mean. It's not some major villain where it's like, oh, I wish they had gotten more screen time with that villain. It was a good little, here's the show, you know, how well they work together and that they were a great team. Right. And then it sort of veers into establishing the Red Hood as somebody who's coming in to stop the crime. And he does it by basically taking over the crime. Yeah. But he establishes himself as sort of this crime lord, which is interesting, and it's... He he's doing it. You, you find on the end of the movie, he's doing this all to get the Joker's attention because he wants to get revenge on the Joker for killing him. 
but also wants to kind of confront Batman on why is the Joker still alive, which is something that's extremely interesting dynamic of the character, is that Batman, even though he killed Jason Todd and has killed hundreds, if not thousands of people, that Batman will not cross that line. And I do love in the movie how he does explain that, you know, once if I go down that path, there's no turning back. Well, and, and there's, there's a really good line that Red Hood says to Batman, or Jason says to Batman, where he's like, he's like, I forgive you for, for letting me die, but I can't forgive you for allowing him to live after he took me from you. Mm-hmm. That's a great line, because then it, it, that, I mean, you know, that, that kind of pulls at, at Bruce's heartstrings, and, you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's a really like, yeah, you would want to get revenge for your loved ones, you know, and but you're like you said, Batman doesn't want to go down that line because then it would be too easy. Yeah, it, it, he even says like it would be too easy for me to do that. It would be too easy for me to you know to what what's stopping him from you know if he kills the Joker, you know, oh, well, you you know stole that purse. Why don't I just kill you because you know I'm just giving you another chance to maybe do something more. It's just it, it's that interesting weird sort of flaw of Batman is. He doesn't cross that line, and some villains know that, yeah. too. And I and mean, Black one of them, Joker. He even says, like, you know, how he basically tr- tries to make Batman. They, uh, you know, Joker was the original Red Hood. Yes, which they do a good job explaining that without like going it down your throat yeah it doesn't go into this deep long explanation. It just goes, oh yeah, several people have been him, including the Joker. Right, but when when that first interaction he's like uh joker says something along the lines of you know are you gonna put me in another body cast for six months or something you know you're actually gonna do it this time yeah or yeah because that's that's even when you watch other uh films or read other books joker is always trying to push batman to go over the edge to to, that's to cross that line to to become just like him it's almost like the crimes don't matter at this point in the the joker stories it's what can I make Batman do that's that's crossing that line? Can I finally push him over that edge to where I, I know that I've completely broken him? Right. And, and, you know, okay, so if I don't know if you notice there's a small little line, and it's, it's, it's in there for the people that are really deep into the comic books, but not for the casual uh, Batman fan or whatever. But uh, uh, Jason actually says something about... You know, he paralyzed our friends. He's killed our friends. Or he says something like that, you know, referencing uh, Barbara. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Batgirl, which would have made her Oracle at that point in right. the continuity, which, yeah, I mean, he shot her in cold blood, basically, and then tried to break Commissioner Gordon by proving that, and that's the, the killing joke, is he tries to prove that, you know, one bad day can break a person. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the the ongoing theme with the Joker character. So, it's really interesting to see, because the Joker's always pushing his buttons, but now you got Jason who's like, like I said, why won't you revenge me? Like, why didn't you go after him after, immediately after I was killed? Yeah. It's fine that I got killed, but why didn't you revenge me? Well, the thing I like about Red Hood as a character, both in in this movie and within the comics, is he is... He donned the mantle of one of Batman's greatest enemies and kind of also his first greatest failure if you go with some continuities of the Joker's origin. 
as it was shown in this, that, you know, he could have stopped Red, well, Red Hood at the time from falling into that vat, but he wasn't able to, creating the Joker. And yeah. he decided to don that as sort of almost a, almost a, you know, psychological warfare on Batman or as a constant reminder of not only am I your greatest failure as, you know, your sidekick that, that you let die, but I'm also a reminder of you also created your greatest villain, too. Yep. And I, I just like that dynamic of this character. But overall, I mean, I, I enjoyed this movie a lot. Black Mask was great to have in it. He's not a character I feel that gets that much screen time, and I feel he should because he's a great just mobster villain if you need one to throw in there. Right, right. And I thought they did a great job with him. I, I really liked the look of him. I wrote, Actually, I really like the look of a lot of people in this movie. I thought they did the, the animation and the styling of them was, I think, done really good. Uh, the only complaint I have is, is of course, um, I would have preferred like Kevin Conroy to do the voice. I don't think it was done terribly. Yeah. But it, it, that's, that's the voice of our childhood. It it is. And I mean, but that's the thing I'd have to trade off then and say, well, I guess Mark Hamill would have had to have done the Joker. And I just don't, I'd, I'd love to see Mark Hamill do the role, but I think Joe DiMaggio did a great job with it. He, he had this like very calm collected boil over at any point joker which i thought was a great you know one second he's just sitting there eating a bag of chips next second he's gunned down an entire room of people and then is like laughing about it for an animation that scene alone when when he's talking to black mask and he's eating those that bag of chips and he mm-hmm. asks for a glass of water that is a great scene for animation i don't know what about it but when i was watching i was like this is this is one of the best scenes in there. You know, just he's eating a bag of chips, and I don't know. It's it's a great little scene. Oh, I I love the line afterwards of I'm 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 gonna need some guys, not these <laughs> ones because they're dead. Yeah, that's a that's a really good solid line. But I, I guess I mean I, I kind of want to move into discussing like him as a character now within the DC universe because his origins are woven through a lot of different really great Batman stories and great DC moments. So I, I was about to say, if you don't mind. Oh yeah, no. Cause there's, there's a surprise for you in here from our oh. previous discussion that you've been on here for. Uh Oh, Uh Oh, I, I know some stuff's coming back. It's haunting me. So do you know what caused Jason Todd to come back in, in okay. the con in the, in the pre new 52 continuity? I mean, I, but even before this Red Hood stuff, I, I knew that uh, the Lazarus Pit had to do with it a bit, or or maybe I thought it did. I don't know. So that's that's about all I really know. All right, a great Batman storyline that I recommend to everyone to read. And I, I'm sorry I'm throwing you under the bus with this one. You need to read it, Toby. You, you need to read it. It it is phenomenal. But it's the Hush storyline. Oh man! See, I I have the trade. It's it's in everyone's top ten of if you love Batman, you have to read this this storyline. And mm-hmm. I bought it a long time ago, and it's one of those things that I'm like, oh, I'll get to it, but it's a little thicker than the other one. So you know, oh, it, you you breeze through it. Trust me, I've I've oh, read really? it more times okay. than I can count. But there's an interesting plot point in that, and I'm not going to spoil it for you because there's a bigger plot. But there's a, there's something having to do with Jason Todd's body, and it being kind of missing. Because there's events that transpire where they're like, oh, Jason Todd's body's missing, by the way. And it's kind of Batman's like, um, why is it missing? So 
to kind of go around now to why it's missing. Don't know if you're familiar with all the crises that happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, to go to a particular one, Infinite Crisis. Infinite Crisis was caused by a good friend of yours and mine, Superboy Prime. (laughs) Oh, that jerk. Yes, um, when he decided to break reality, it had a ripple effect. As if you were casting a stone into a lake, it had ripples that went out throughout all of reality. One of those ripples was bringing Jason Todd back to life, but not completely back to life. He was alive, but sort of in like a zombie-esque form. He was then found by the League of Shadows, and they put him in the Lazarus Pit, and that's how he sort of came back. So it does vaguely wrap around to that. But I understand, of course, in the movie why they didn't cover that, because that would have been really convoluted to explain that. And I am... I'm... I'm not even bullet pointing it. I'm some level below bullet, a, a below bullet pointing because I'm I'm even skipping over some stuff because getting into the crises and all that stuff gets really confusing. Oh yeah, really quick. And me discussing Superboy Prime gets really confusing, really quick. But <laughs> basically, sum up: he was able to break reality and kind of reintroduce the the multiverse back to DC. Prior New Fifty Two. I'm sorry, I gotta keep taglining that a lot of this stuff is pre-New 52. And even now, I mean, they've they've done this whole new continuity. So, I mean, his, his, his origin can change. And I will point out that in another origin, he actually had his entire life sort of messed with by the Joker from behind the scenes, is the New 52 origins. And I'm not a big fan of that, personally. Yeah, I mean... I, I read the uh, the New Fifty Two Red Hood and in the Outlaw uh, Outlaws. Yes, I don't know why I got confused on that. And it was a good read. Um, it wasn't terrible. It it's kind of weird uh, seeing Starfire so sexual in that series, but uh, it was a good it was a good series. I I mean it's it. <sighs> I kind of like that they had their own little team because, I mean, she was... I don't think they had the tit- they had the Teen Titans, but I don't think they had like the Adult Titans at that point in the comic. So having her be with them kind of made sense. Right. And I, I just thought it was interesting that they were sort of kind of their own little rogue group onto themselves. Right. Too, I thought that was very cool. But, I mean, him coming back was interesting. Of course, they had the whole Under Red Hood storyline that brought him back. And he's kind of part of the bat family again yeah but i don't know how how um stable his relationship is with uh bruce at the moment well i i, I believe he came back during the court of owls stuff and kind of mended some relationship with bruce but then of course that fought, fell apart again with death of the family mm-hmm. which is which was by uh the Scott Snyder run on Batman, which is... And Greg Capullo. Yes, for the art, and that is phenomenal. If you want a good Batman read for an entire run, that is definitely one to go with. And it does kind of stick more to just Batman. It doesn't... It includes other characters every now and then, and it's a good kind of... They they get put in when they need to. It's not sort of shoving characters in just randomly just to have, you know, oh, Batman's teaming up with so-and-so. No, it's they're, they, they're there to serve purposes for the story. 
you know that's that is my my favorite modern team is Scott and Greg. Mm-hmm. Uh, I you're right. Like even with the the Court of Owl story, like like I said, uh, I, be, I believe Red Hood comes in, but yeah. he's he's helping just because Bruce is like I need some help because all these different assassinations are about to happen. I need some help. Yeah, and he, he's there. I I know he's there in like a pan like one of the panels. No, I'm thinking of Death of the Family. Because I was like, it shows him at a bar, and they're like, oh, no one can get a hold of Jason. But I'm like, I think that's during Death, like, after the conclusion of Death of the Family, where, like, nobody's wanting to talk to Bruce. Right. But during the Court of Owls, it's like, it's a it's a big thing of, like, oh, hell, Bruce is asking for help, so... Uh, this must be serious. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's why you get uh, Jason back in, and uh, those... That like I said, that's my favorite stretch of of storylines. Is I mean, I, I was I was all on board for the entire Bat Family New Fifty Two stuff. Everything on there was was pretty good for the most part. Now, kind of jumping around, do you think his death was an iconic I- iconic thing? And do you think you know it's something that still matters to the Batman mythos? Yeah, even even, I mean, even though he's alive, even though he's alive. N- no, I mean, okay. His death kind of put Batman back in the uh, the uh, the mindset of I, I can't save everyone. I, I've got to change my style. I've got to do this. Like I've got to be protective. How long? Do you know how long it was before uh, he got uh, uh, Tim Drake? Blank, Tim Drake. Um, let's... how many years or or was it a while? I don't I don't know. Tim Drake is my least favorite Robin. I think what. Jason, I love because he came back with an attitude, with a, a this chip on his shoulder. Okay, and he's always had that chip on his shoulder in the comics since then. I feel like, but I don't know. I just I don't connect with Tim. I, but I love Damien. Damien, I'm I, kind of just whatever about. To be honest, he's just kind of there for me. Um, each Robin brings something unique. I think into Batman's life. And I think that the death is what made Jason uh, a valuable Robin, which is weird that it took a death to make that Robin a good character. But, I mean, you know, uh, Bruce is more cautious. He's even more cautious with Damien. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just, I feel like that made Bruce realize he's not invincible again. And his family is not invincible. Um, Tim Drake was introduced in 1989. He was introduced as Robin in the tail end of uh, basically 1990. Okay. So not that long after, uh, oh my gosh, I just had that pulled up. Um, um, so about a year later. Huh? I didn't, I didn't I, realize it was that quick. Well, you it's, would... it's one of those things that, so, so 1980, 89, is where I mean, nineteen eighty-eight is where he died, and I, you would think it would be longer, but it's kind of one of those things where I do feel like someone has said you can't. Bat, Batman needs a Robin, and that's no wait. That was that was Tim Drake that that said that he figured out who Batman was, right? And basically was like, you need a Robin. He he impressed him with his detective skills. That's how yes. he got on a board i just you would think that the the writers would want to milk that like that brooding batman of you know still 
hurt that he lost his Robin and, and give him a good run with like just being a, a little more aggressive, but not really crossing that line because, you know, he, he lost someone. I, I, I guess it's sort of giving him that ability to have to protect this one and see, you know, what he see if he repeats the mistakes he made over again. Right. I mean, that's that's my reasoning, I guess, for why they just were so quick to let's 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 give him another Robin. I, I do think that it's such a iconic page, though, um, at the at the end of Death in the Family, where he's holding uh, Robin. Mm-hmm. I I love that 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 picture. And they do I mean, kind of allude to that in the movie. They, yeah, they kind of yeah. have a brief scene with that. Yeah, it's not exactly the same, but it, you you get the same feeling from it. Mm-hmm. Now I've got the trade of of uh, Death in the Family, and they actually have. Uh, in case the uh, votes went the other way and they kept him, they have a picture of Batman smiling and saying he's alive or something really <laughs> ridiculous. And it's such a terrible, like it's the exact same picture if, if I remember correctly, but Batman smiling and saying he's alive. <laughs> okay. Batman smiling weird one. Yes. Yes. And two, it's like, they, they probably just got some artists. It's like, well here, draw this again, but have him be smiling. <laughs> Make him look, happy <laughs> but i do i think that's a really iconic moment in uh the batman lore uh i, I feel like it's affected the other robins mm-hmm. uh, it, it, hell it even affects uh, uh when nightwing's involved you know yes. he or barbara or any of the bat family let's put it that way he he's more protective and and like i said he didn't want to call people in for the the court of owls so. yeah they just kind of he had to yeah, that's why I think Scott is a great writer because he was forced into having having to call in the Bat family. Mm-hmm. So, um, just I, I, I by, by the way, if anyone wants a behind the scenes thing, real quick, if I ever do decide to ever do a cosplay of a character, I I'm not a giant like Red Hood fan or anything, but I own like ninety percent of the outfit. <laughs> already because i i own a like leather jacket that looks similar to that and i also own a brown jacket that looks similar to that and all i need to do is just get the hook get the actual mask so there you know, if, if if i ever show up to a convention somewhere and i actually am in cosplay if there's someone that's dressed up as red hood might be me you know that's a pretty easy cosplay too like it, it's, it, it it's, really is you don't have to have a cape. You don't have to have all the crap that makes you uncomfortable when you're trying to sit down and eat. Mm-hmm. So that's a perfect one. You just got the helmet, kind of look like a biker. Yep. You're there. <laughs> yes. Uh, and like I said, I mean, it's one of those that I, I feel the hardest thing to do is the helmet. I feel I priced it once, and they are kind of pricey depending on what you consider pricey. But but that'd be a cool shelf piece to have. It would be. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe soon. Um, But he's also appeared in some video games and stuff, too. And... I guess if I want to spoil stuff real quick, he is the Arkham Knight in the yeah. Batman Arkham Knight, which you have told me off mic that you have a issue with this, and you have not told me what it is yet, so I feel like now it's going to be the time when we will discuss this. <sighs> well, you see, I, I feel like it should have gone a different direction. It could have been anyone else in the world. I feel like that was such a cop-out move. We've already had the Red Hood stuff. We've already had that kind of reveal of, oh my goodness, Jason's alive. Why did we need him in Arkham Knight? I, in fact, 
when I found out, when I got to the point in the game where you find out it's Jason, I haven't beat it since. I, I, I put the remote down. I, I rage quit. And I don't usually do that in games. I was so upset with that storyline because I love the Arkham series. Mm-hmm. I've played all of them. And as soon as it revealed that it was him, it was... I've seen this. This is the same song and dance. We've seen this exact thing. I would have been more impressed that it was Alfred. I'd have been like, oh my god! This whole time, he's at him. But no. No, we had to have Under the Red Hood Arkham Edition. Under the Red Hood 2.0. Yes! And I'm sorry, with the storyline, it became blatantly obvious at one point like who it was. Because... and I know they were promoting it as, oh, it's going to be a whole new villain. You know, it's going to be a whole new character. And it's like, it's a whole new persona for an existing character. Yes. That, and that's what irritated me so much is because it was hinting. There were so many hints that it was going to be Jason. And I was like, they're not going to do this to me. They're not going to do this to me. I spent good money on this game. It's, <laughs> it's a new character, Arkham Knight. He's And that's a cool character. That's a cool outfit. Yeah. Everything about it was awesome. And they let me down so hard that I, I, I had to rage quit, and just I, I've tried to put it back in and and beat it just because I want to see how it ends. But then I'm like, man, I'm so upset with this story arc. It I just it killed me. I didn't. I'm not like I wasn't like jumping over over in joy over it, but it was just kind of one of those. It was a it was almost a non thing for me. It was sort of an interesting. Oh, well, I saw this coming from a mile away, but... It, it could have been the son of the Joker. It could have been... I don't... It Like I said, it doesn't matter. It could have been anyone in the world. It could have been random thug that Batman first beat up in, in you know, his first night out as Batman. And I'd have been like, love it. Okay, well, what did... Okay, I, I gotta just a, just a spitball one, because I know that he's also in this game, too. But what if it was Deathstroke... But he was disguising himself so Batman wasn't expecting him. Isn't uh, isn't Deathstroke one of the main baddies of uh, one of the other games? He is in Arkham Origins, but if you play the Arkham Knight, he does make an appearance in there, too. Okay, yeah. I mean, I would have been okay with it. Uh, A brief, very brief appearance. Let, let, let me just make sure to point that out, that it's very brief. I mean, I think I would have been more okay with that than, than getting... The red hood, uh, yeah, the red hood 2.0, like you said, that's the that's the best way to put it. It, uh, it is. It's it's the it's a very similar storyline. It's very you know they, they they retread the same ground at certain points, and it's something to where. Here's the problem: if they stray too far, they upset fans. If they stick to stuff we know, they upset fans. They have to dance this dance with fans because. I don't know if this is a popular opinion or not. Comic book fans aren't exactly the easiest people sometimes to appease. Well, okay. Then I, I'm I'm the world's biggest uh, going to the movie theater and being like, that's not my superhero. That's not my Batman. You know, it, when you see a movie or something. But I just feel like we, uh, with movies, with video games, unless you're going to say, hey, this is canon in this particular time in the comic books don't do it we know we know the setup for the superheroes we know everything give us a brand new story don't chicken out like you've you've got this clay in your hands mold it to what you want and i feel like that's like the problem with injustice Uh, i haven't got to play the second one yet but 
for the first injustice, I feel like they chickened out and they were like, "Oh, this is an alternate universe. Don't it's we're going to bring in your the Batman that you know and love, but this is an alternate universe." Like I feel like that was a real big cop out. The second game kind of they they don't they mention the other universe and there's kind of uh I uh, I don't know, whatever. The game's been out for a while. Um Black Canary and Green Arrow are kind of borrowed from a different universe because Green Arrow's dead in the main one. So they kind of borrow him from another universe where, if I remember correctly, she died in that universe, but he lived. So they kind of had them able to... Uh. They they, they kind of made, made both of them happy by kind of joining that that together because they hid her in the other universe for a little bit. Right. And in the, my gosh, this is com- super confusing to say. Because they kind of talk about it in the game, but they are also assuming that, that you read the comics for the second game. Right, right. The and, year two, three. Yes. And, yeah. Which, which it's, that is really good if you want an Elseworld or a what if or whatever storyline. It is really good for like a, if you want psychotic Superman versus lunatic Batman, it's definitely right up your alley then to check those out. You know, I, I I love what ifs. I I, I love the the flashpoint stuff. Mm-hmm. I loved all, every bit of that because it was. I feel like the writers had some balls. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and they 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 again the clay. They made what they wanted, and they were like, "This is what it is." It's fine if if you say, "Okay, this isn't the universe that you know and love," but this is another thing. You don't have to tie it into the main universe every single time. I feel like that's that's a cop-out, and I feel like that's what they, they copped out on Arkham by saying, eh, we're not going to stray too far. I, I just feel like these the writers of games and movies should always be able to, to you know... To step it up. Yeah, step step out of the normal box if you're going to make the story. Um, real quick, just to point out, he is a downloadable character in Injustice 2. This is just for for people listening. And he do, each character, quote-unquote, has a storyline that you can play through. It's just basically beat five, five or ten people and then see the ending sort of thing. And he... Red Hood's okay to play as. He's very counter-based, which is really weird for me to play as. So... Basically, you can, if your special moves are kind of based on if someone's punching, like punching at you, if you do that, then you can do a special that like kind of deals the damage back to them and then some more. So it's very interesting to play as him in the game. But as for his storyline, he kind of, he beats Brainiac and his ending is he sort of goes and continues to fight crime with a extreme prejudice. So... But you know, he, and he has some interesting lines with the Joker. If you because when they, the characters meet for the like on the battlefield before you fight, they have dialogue between each other and they kind of make comments at each other, which is it's funny. So, is there a crowbar reference? Um, he, Joker actually uses a crowbar for his special move. Oh, okay. Like like his super move, he smacks some he smacks you across the head with a crowbar. But that's anybody. There's a comment on. You know, aren't you supposed to be dead? And then it's responded back with, "Well, aren't you?" And he goes, "Yeah, you're in hell, and you're you know you got to face me now." That's great. So, like, like I said, I mean, I think they do a good job with that. But as for like overarching giant stories, he's not part of the main universe. I don't know in the comics with the new stuff if he is. So, if someone knows about that, let me know. 
But yeah, I mean, like, like I said, I, I like him in that. But you brought up a very interesting thing, though, with Flashpoint that I've been kind of wanting to discuss on the podcast. So you give me an interesting excuse to talk about it in a few different ways. Okay. You know that there's a possibility that the Flash movie is going to be Flashpoint. I'm okay with that. But are you okay with Ben Affleck being recast? Um, that is the perfect excuse if they want to recast somebody. Think about it. They go to an alternate universe. He messes with stuff. He then reverts stuff back. If they need to recast somebody or somebody they don't want to have on, you know, with the contract anymore, they just recast them and say, oh, well, this is the new version of that. Or this is the, you know, you messed with the, the, the timeline. This is the quote unquote new version of that character now. Yeah. But, I mean, if they're going to do Flashpoint, I want to see a Thomas Wayne helping him. I can see that. I, I can see them doing that. I think that that would be interesting. I just, the DC Universe right now with the movies is such a weird th- thing right now to where I don't know where they're going to go with a lot. I can only see, like, one movie ahead because I, I, I love them by all means, but it's hard to figure out what they're going to try to do next. I feel like they're a little bit scared. They've gotten so much bad feedback that mm-hmm. they only can plan for one movie at a time. Marvel doing no wrong. They can plan like 20 movies ahead and be like, all right, well, if we have one flop, we've got 19 other ones that are going to be okay. Yep. Um, but would you want to see a Red Hood movie? Like a live that, action one? That would be... I would love that. I think that'd be really cool. But do you think it already could exist in the set universe they have? I'm, I'm asking the hard-hitting questions tonight, so people. So you're, you're talking about, like, uh, when when Bruce looks at the uh, beat-up Batman suit. Yes. Okay, see, I still have... The uh, fan and, theory of that he's uh, actually the Jared Leto Joker. And you know what? That's what I want. I like. It. Okay, again, this goes to, if you're going to do something different, do it big. And mm-hmm. I want to see this Joker, the Jared Leto Joker, be Jason. I think that's the only thing that makes sense. The original Joker is in Arkham, and he's just old. He's beat up because he's he's too young looking mm-hmm. to be somebody Batman. who's been a rival to Batman for years. Right, and all the 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 self uh, what do you call it? Like he's got ha 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 written on him, and and yeah. you know, I feel like that's too much of a. Why would Joker write ha 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 on himself unless it's a broken Jason? And maybe you don't even have to make him have died and hit the Lazarus pit and all that. You could even do, he just got really jacked up, and he's just super pissed at Bruce for not it's, do the same storyline, sort well, of. Well, here's the thing. What if he killed the, what if, what if there isn't an original Joker anymore? Well, there was, but he killed him. I'm okay with that, that too. That, that he got broken by the Joker and the Joker sort of one proved that that he could break this person, but at the same time, kind of had it come up on him to where he actually killed him and was like, "I did something you couldn't." Ha 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 ha. Ooh, I love that too. I love the scene. Okay, run with me with this one. Okay. I I would love to see the same scene in the warehouse. Jason's getting his beat with with the crowbar. Somehow he gets loose, and that's when he murders the joker and that's when batman's like I, I don't know and maybe that's when the bomb goes off to you know and that's why he's got the the robin suit that's all beat up and tore up and i don't know you could do anything but i would love to see that role reversed because it's something we haven't seen what, what we've a, never 
what what about this? What 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 about this? You have him do that exact same thing. He goes, "Oh, Jason, what have you done?" And he just starts that like slow ha ha ha, like just oh, yeah. starts that oh, laugh, yeah. and then he just like like Batman looks at him and just sees that he's completely gone. Like he, he's completely like got this huge grin on his face. His eyes oh, were all wonky it. and everything. Warner Brothers, call us right yes. now. I I want a writing credit, and I I I I want a cut of the toys. You, you get a cut <laughs> of the toys. That's what Lucas no. did. I love every bit of that, though. I really do. Because, again, it's it's not a complete cop-out. I feel like you're doing something new that hasn't been done. With Ark- Going back to Arkham, the Arkham Knight, you're doing the same story except on a more uh, mass grand scale mm-hmm. with a plan. I I don't want to – I know there are theories that it's that that's actually – for um that that actually is dick grayson's outfit and that he's the one and i'm like don't please please give me give me give me nightwing just just give me nightwing i just i feel like that'll be a major downfall if they kill off the best robin and they try to make him the joker because that doesn't make any sense like i love the idea that you got to have the 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 Robin that grows up Mm -hmm. and and wants to be his own his own man basically yes now so i I Sorry, think that'd be ahead. a shame. I, I think that'd just be a shame if if they did that and just completely ditched that story and, and didn't even even bring that up into anything. Now you you've pointed this out earlier. And you pointed out again that that in your opinion, Dick Grayson is the best Robin. Yeah, I personally disagree with that. Okay, I know shock, shock and awe. Um, I, I like him as Robin. I'd love him as Nightwing. I I think he. He truly became, I mean, one, one of my favorite characters in the DC Universe that's kind of more on the, you know, not super-powered level would be Dick Grayson. Because I think he, he is he is the Batman that Batman, he, he is the, the, I guess, defender of justice that Batman can ever be. He overcame the loss of his family and has learned to kind of move on from it. Where Bruce cannot let go of it. And it yeah. kind of... it. If there is a weakness of Batman, it is it is that he is, in his own opinion, justice, and that is a downfall. Whether it's you know, in his character or whatever, he he kind of only seeks justice. Where, where Dick kind of, I mean, he he's he's out to do good, but he's kind of accepted that you know, you can't one hundred percent change the world. You can right. just only do the best with what you have available to you. Well, and that's that's why I feel like he's the best Robin. I mean, he he's the one that wanted to be his own man. He wanted to do his own thing, and I, I don't know. I, that's that's why I guess that's kind of what I equate to the best Robin as one that doesn't need to have Batman right there always. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I guess that's how. Uh, what is Tim Drake's uh, Red Robin? Red Robin. I hate that so much. I hate that he didn't go for his own identity. That he and and I'm sure there's a there's a good reason, and the story is probably just fine. I just I don't like that he's Red Robin. In because the when, comic, I think okay, this is I'm vaguely familiar with a lot of the New Fifty Two stuff, and I mean it's been all mostly reset, so I mean it's not like I have to remember it anymore. But I think he he just went to straight being Red Robin. I okay. don't think he okay, ever yeah, was you're, Robin. You're right. In the new Fifty Two that he did, he he was never just Robin. He was Red Robin because mm-hmm. he didn't want to be, uh, 
a reminder or something. I can't remember exactly what the the arc was, but yeah. I still don't. I don't. I don't know. Like, oh, you put red in your name, so now you're totally different, man. I I think that he is the greatest detective. Out of all of them, he is the probably the greatest detective out right. of them. Which I think he does rival Bruce in that regard of at least detective work. Other stuff he falls short on, but I I think that that he is the superior detective out right. of all of them. Nightwing is a uh, very uh, quippy, like Spider Man. Yes, and he, and even in the Red Hood movie, he was very quippy. I, and, I enjoyed you know, that. I did too. I really like that uh, characteristic for him. I think that's perfect because you know you've been dealing with this man who's just so serious all these years, and you know you just you keep it light. So yeah. I don't know. I, and, I, and I love like uh, I like. Uh, how Nightwing did the whole story arc where he assumed the Batman role yes. for a good while with Damien. That's that's truly when I first started getting back into reading comics real hard was uh, right after the uh, Blackest Night stuff. And yes. Batman was – Bruce was gone. And so I, I probably came in on uh, Batman and Robin like issue 20 or so when it was um, – Dick and uh, uh, Damien. Yeah, that's um, Grant Morrison's run. If I remember yeah, correctly. and and it's a it's I I love that there's a different dynamic with a Batman and a Robin, and I don't know. It's I, that's a great story arc. I don't know. I just I feel like out of all the uh, the Bat family, uh, Dick is the the best one out of them. Well, I wanted to point this out because you mentioned it, and I'm like ugh, I'm trying to remember because I know that there's a point in the comics where they find out that Batman isn't the the original batman anymore because they're like he's smiling while he's fighting and it's like that that that's truly a dick grayson thing that that dick grayson kind of in, enjoys fighting and you know has fun with it where batman has a permanent scowl on his face no matter what he's doing right and even damien gets on his case about it and he's like you got to take this serious you know other he he right he, he, he He's kind of on him the entire time, if I remember correctly. It's been a couple years since yeah. I've read all that, but even like I said, even Damien notices like you're not being Batman, you're being Dick under <laughs> the cowl. I, we we completely breezed over this because we got on our fan theories about the Joker, but Red try, try, let's let's try to go back to the Red Hood movie idea, a live action Red Hood movie. Okay. I, I think it could exist, excluding our theories, within the world of the established DC universe. Do I think it needs to be intertwined with it a lot? No. I think they can do it by itself and not no. have it constantly. I, I, I don't think he should be somebody who has to be a rival to Batman. I think that it can be met. But just somebody who is established as he will go the extra mile. I mean, he, he, he'll push that extra bit. I I would love to see the uh, the new Fifty Two uh, uh, Red Hood with maybe Arsenal as mm -hmm. his backup. I I like the dynamic between those two. I like how he's just got a Arsenal has a trucker cap and he's kind of kind of white trash, you know, <laughs> through the entire series. So I, I would love to see those two. We don't necessarily need Starfire uh, unless you could really write her in there for it to make sense that an alien's hanging out with them. Well, she's supposed to be in the new Titans series that's coming out soon, the live-action one for well, TV. Well, I mean, what I'm saying is, like, I don't think that Red Hood the needs a spaceship, and he doesn't need to be flying around like, like he is in the New 52 series. I, I think if you kept him 
Batman-esque with guns mm-hmm. and a friend who doesn't give a crap because, you know, he, he worked with the Green Arrow and, and whatnot. I think that could work. Like, too bitter, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I, I can see that. I think that that could work as a dynamic. You almost get that Suicide uh, Squad vibe from it. And, and you know, that did decent. It's, like, it's, a, it's a thing. It's a thing. I'm not, saying <laughs> I'm not saying it's great, but I feel like you could have that vibe, but do it right. Instead of having a bunch of bad guys trying to beat bad guys, have I, bad guys that are good guys that actually will go Punisher style on them. Yeah, and like, like I said, I mean that's just that's something I think a lot of people have wanted to see Batman. You know, some people I know want to see him cross that line, and I mean, obviously in the new movies he's a little bit more brutal than some people might like. I personally am like whatever. I've seen every different version of Batman you can throw at me, so might as well throw one that will beat people to death or, you know, kill people and just be like, eh, whatever, they're criminals. Right. So, I, I, I kind of enjoy that, but I've discussed at nauseum my mixed feelings on the Batman versus Superman yeah. debate. So, I, I will I will avoid that conversation <laughs> this time, and I will also avoid the the Suicide Squad discussion, too, because it's, 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 it's a movie for me. It, it's not... It's like Batman the the nineteen forty serial. Like it's out there, but I'm not gonna watch it just because. Yeah. <laughs> but I I mean this was a fun discussion to have. I, I think the Red Hood is a very interesting character. I think that he's underused in a lot of stuff that I think that they could definitely bring. I would love to see him on the big screen in some way, shape, or form. I think it would be really cool. And I know that the Gotham TV series has brought him in, but it's the Joker version, and it's kind of. I don't know if they've established who, if it, which one is the actual Joker yet. It's kind of this up in the air thing, but I know that that's we've we're we're not real current on on the Gotham stuff. Um, See, this is an Ellie thing. If she were here, she 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 actually knows. She's I think half a season behind. She's currently on like the last season that aired. They they brought the one guy back that everyone liked as the Joker because he was. That's really good. He's the guy that's from Shameless, mm-hmm. uh, and he he does. I I'd be happy if they say, "Hey, this is Young Joker." If they finally just say, "This is him," deal with it. I'm good with that. But they did the thing where they teased that it was he was going to come back to life, and then they were like, "Well, they cut off his face and had a different guy wearing his face around for a while." And then they somehow brought him back and then sewed his face up back on. And now he's got stitches all around his, his uh, face. And I don't know. It's You know what's weird? I would be like, that's weird. But I'm like, no, he's actually describing comic storylines too. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly. I mean, you can't really hate it if you're a comic book fan because. They've done it. They've already done that. <laughs> they I, did I, it right before the New 52. Yeah. And they kept out of it for about a year. Yeah, it was around for a little bit. Cause I remember during Death of the Family, he had he had his face sort of stapled. Ish. He, he was right before the Fifty Two. He's when uh, who's the doll maker person or pig or, or one of there's some guy that that it was some one off villain that they just brought in just to do that basically. And, and they had uh, Joker's face in Gotham uh, at the Gotham PD for a long time, and someone stole it, and you know. It, it it's a really cool story. Like that whole arc, 
I know it takes about a year and a half, a year, a year and a half before it finally pays off, but it was it was a good payoff. Nice. I mean, we've we've also given a few good reads here, which I I will I will recommend Hush to everybody. Like, like I said, it it vaguely sets up the Red Hood stuff, and I do need to, as I said, read the Red Hood under the Red Hood, the actual comic. But it is a pricey one to get as a graphic novel, so I'm. It's one of those I'll end up with at some point. Right. That's that's probably how I am too. But now now I really do need to go pick up that uh trade that's collecting dust mm-hmm. and actually read. Oh, it's it's uh, I I I I don't want to spoil anything. I don't think the talking about Jason Todd thing, his body being missing is the biggest spoiler because there's a lot more stuff and if you're a fan of um let's just say cameos by villains and superheroes of the sort. It's, it's, it's really good for that. And also it's got a good Batman versus Superman fight, which has an ambiguous who would have won end to it. Okay. So there, there, there you go with that. And it includes him using a kryptonite ring on him. We we all know that it's Batman. That would have won though. He, I'm not going to spoil it for anybody, but, but read it. He, there's some interesting twists that, that happens to how he sort of, I wouldn't say wins, but gets the upper hand. But he does point out that he's almost breaking his hand, punching Clark. That's great. Yeah, because he points out, he's like, you know, I got Kevlar gloves on, and I've got, I'm using a kryptonite ring, and I'm still almost shattering my hand every time I'm punching him. Which I'm like, that's kind of true. It's kind of true, but yeah. And of course, it's drawn by... um, Jim Lee, who I think does a phenomenal job with um, his his artwork. I feel like every page of his is like a splash page almost. And it was just okay. little frames. And Jeff Loeb is an amazing writer. And like I said, this is one of the best storylines, in my opinion, that they've done with Batman. If if you don't like a Jim Lee or Greg Capullo Batman, then I can't be friends with you. That's That's all there is to it. Like those two, I feel like, are... Two artists that I absolutely love on on the character. Mm-hmm. I would definitely agree with that. Those are two, and there's many iconic Batman artists, but those are the two that I I always love to see. Well, awesome, um, Toby. I just want to thank you for being on. Um, thank I, you for having me. Oh no, it, it was a pleasure, and we we will trust me. We will settle our next nerd fight at some point. We, I, I think, didn't, didn't you tell me the other day that, that you actually have three out of your five already picked, or four I out of your five? I have four of my five, and as long as you don't cheat like you did last time. We I are clear I'm... on the rules this time, <laughs> and, and, I, and I have admitted to you, and I'll do it on my own show, because this will actually come out before me being on your show, so right. if, if you're a fantasy or transmission, look forward to me being on there soon-ish. Um... I will admit that I have spoken to other people, and their argument is is, is they they use the same argument you do of, uh, he's Batman, but and <laughs> no no he he's Batman, he'd find a way, and I'm like okay yeah. fine, and like, like I said we we tied that one out we tied that one out, and now the rules are blatantly clear. So for the next one, I think it will be very interesting to see who each of us picks. Right, because I can't use Batman this time around. Yes, when that, that that is the other rule. You cannot use the same character over again. And I mean, Ellie had established Thomas Wayne. Yeah, Ellie had established <laughs> that it cannot be the same character. Like I couldn't use uh, which one? I I can't. Superboy Prime. 
I well, I can use regular Superboy because they technically are different characters. Which right. one was it? Oh, I can't use another version of the Hulk because we've yeah. both used the version of the Hulk, so you cannot reuse the Hulk. Thor is an up in the air one though, technically, because I could probably argue that I could use female Thor, technically, <laughs> but I can't use any ones that you've picked either. So you've already eliminated Wolverine, technically. Yep. So. There's that. And if you want more on, if you're completely confused, go back a few episodes to our nerd fight. It, it, that, was, that was a lot of fun to do that. It was a definitely, definitely different thing, and I, I enjoyed it. But we are, we are both working on our team, so we will come together at some point in the future. No, I'm not determining when, but we will do another one where I think since we're all clear on the rules this time, I think it's going to be a very interesting fight. Yep. So... I'm trying to think, there's another one Ellie said I couldn't use. Oh, never mind. Um, but yeah, so if you want to tell everyone once again where where they can find you, well, I do my podcast with my lovely, beautiful girlfriend Kristen and our friend Rudy, and it is on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, I, almost everywhere you can find a podcast. And we are the Secret Transmission Podcast. And again, we talk about conspiracies, serial killers, anything strange and unusual, the paranormal. We might talk about some cryptids. Uh, we kind of take it as a uh, a light approach to it. We don't we're not real serious, so you don't have to wear a tinfoil hat unless you absolutely want to. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Secret Transpod. And uh, yeah, awesome. Well, thanks again for being on. Of course, you can find Zygnus on Podbean, Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on uh, Stitcher as well as Google Play. You can, of course, find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Patreon if you want to help contribute, YouTube. And if you want to email us directly, you can, of course, go to Zygnus at gmail.com. Our sound guy is a Aaron. Our logos are done by Chris Zinger, DJ GoldenBoy89. Play us out. And Ellie will be returning next week. Um, like I said, she is she's currently stuck on the other side of a galaxy far, far away without a hyperdrive. So she will be back shortly. Until next time, see you guys.
Uh, oh, uh, random thing. Comics Alliance ranked Jason Todd 20, 23rd out of the top 50 sexiest male characters in comics. Oh, nice. I know, I know. That's a random fact I just happened to look <laughs> up. So, uh, 